Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. You don't got, you're playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby. I would like to introduce... In this show, we review UFC 253 and preview UFC Fight Island 4, Homer Saldana. Sorry, it's not more exciting, but we're going to make it exciting. I am Bob Boss, your favorite garbage man at MMA State of Mind, here with a real Mike, Mike Copenhaver at Don't Cope Just Win, and Mikey Gilman at Mikey Gills. That's Gills with a Z. Also follow the show on Twitter at MMA4Money Show. Real Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing amazing, man. Uh, stoked to be here to talk about some fights as the presidential uh, debates go on, but the real debates are going to be with me and Mikey going head to head. I'm going to argue Gilles, with whatever doing? that guy says. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually yeah. exactly how the presidential debates go. Yeah, so that's exactly. perfect. Yeah, for well, real, though, like, as long as we're not talking about what happened to the Ravens last night, I'll argue anything else. So literally anything. Let's go. I know that the football team, the four money show, hey, is no, here live. No, nobody's as bad as the Atlanta Falcons, so you guys get an excuse. What are you uh, talking about, man? The Bears won. That's all I heard. So uh, yeah. <laughs> right now on Twitch, Periscope, and YouTube, we are live. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, the RSS feed. We have full-length shows on YouTube if you're watching us live here. If you can't watch the whole show, you can catch up after the fact. Please subscribe. You will never miss a show. Like, comment, and share. Please spread the word. Also, give us ratings on Apple Podcasts. That'd be fantastic. It helps us grow. And all of our DMs are open for criticisms as long as they're not too too vulgar, I, I suppose, with uh, things that you liked about the show, things you would like to see different about the show, things you want to see included. We're all for making the show better for you guys. We are going to do a quick breakdown of the results of USC 253. We're going to go into um, some more of the fights, the ones that had to do with bets, and then obviously Mike Gills is going to give us an overview of how DraftKings did. So let me quick give you the overview of the results. Danilo Marquez got a unanimous decision over Cadiz Ibrahimov. He's as bad as I said he was. Jeff Hughes lost to Juan Espino by a scarf hold in round one. Those still happen. Uh, William Knight got the unanimous decision victory over Alexa Coomer. Again, not even going to pronounce the first name on this one. Klein got the uh, first round TKO head kick and punches against Shane Young. Jake Matthews did unspeakable things to Diego Sanchez, but it still looked weirdly close in some ways for a minus 750 favorite either way. Uh, uh, Brad Riddell got the unanimous decision. He should for his price. Sorry, I'm pausing on this one because this one pissed me off. (laughs) Hakeem Dawadu got a split decision win over our boy Zabira Tukov. That's where we had a bet. Don't worry, we'll talk more about that one after the fact. Caitlin Vieira got the name decision over Star Eubanks, made her look small. Brandon Royval got that submission in round two. Another big underdog there. Janny from the block, Jan Blakowicz got a TKO round two in that fight. And I just want to let you guys know, don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still, I'm still Jenny from the block. Used to have a little, now I have a lot. No matter where I go, I know where I came from. Not the Bronx, but Poland. And we can keep going with this, but we're, we're going to move on. Oh, man. 
Israel, Israel Adesanya made it look easy against Paulo Costa. Somewhat of a measured first round. Then as soon as Costa started coming in, got him with a KO, TKO, left hook, two ground and pounds, just filthy. Not, and that's not talking about what he did to him after. That was just talking about the fight. Now, before we go over uh, how our bet did and then the co-main event, main event, I'm going to throw it to Mikey Gill so he could just go over how DraftKings did for the entire card. And then we'll go a little bit deeper on those views. So Mikey Gill's DraftKings. How are we? Oh, yeah, we had a really good night. I actually went four or six on our picks for 492 points total. Uh, a couple of things really helped us out on this card. The two biggest ones were that our two underdog picks, like you said, Brandon Royville and William Knight. They both hit for crazy huge points. Royville for 112 and a half points, William Knight for 101. But what also helped us out big time was that a couple of the other guys that were higher priced didn't uh, pan out as well. Like Jake Matthews, for example, most expensive guy on the card, only hit for 87. Brad Liddell, 9,200, only hit for 68 and a half. But we didn't have those on our cards. So that didn't negatively affect us. But Israel Adesanya for 110 and a half, Zubaira Tukagov, and uh, who are you looking at? Dominic Reyes, that broke my heart. Both of those guys let us down, but Espino still killed it. And I mean, after all that, like I said, four or six picks, 492 points. And the, the other thing I wanted to note with this was that uh, Ludovic Klein was another guy that we were really big on. We were going to try to work him into our, our lineup last week when we still were talking about him as an underdog. Unfortunately, by the time the DraftKings salaries released, he was a favorite at that point, costing 8300 But regardless, he came through as well, uh, 104 and a half points for him. But like I said for us, Adesanya, Royville, Tukagov, Reyes, William Knight, Juan Espino, 492 points. There's not a lineup that I had this uh, slate in that didn't uh, hit on first place. So go on on us let's go now we're going to go a little bit more in depth on i kind of gave my many two cents on uh davidu versus two golf i'll give a little more explanation i'm gonna throw it to real mike because i want his opinion i want to make sure i'm not straight seeing things i know the first round was close i'm not denying the first round was close but i thought the cleaner strikes more consistent strikes were hit by zabira tukagov he was dodging a lot of what Dawadu was throwing or at least going with it and then making him pay for it. And then he clearly thought he was up two rounds. I mean, I thought he was up two rounds, but he clearly thought he was up two rounds and just kind of like pretty much did on his bicycle a little bit in the third round. Dawadu really came forward a few times and like put a stamp on that third round, but I thought it was clear two rounds to one for Tukagov, and this was our bet. So we had two units at the for the minus 120, so it was minus 2.4 units for the fight card um real mike tell me your opinion on how this fight went am i blind here i mean obviously when there's money on the line everyone's a little bit blind if you know what i'm saying but real mike your opinion to gov dawadu yeah man i mean it was it was certainly a, a close fight in the sense of uh you know it went to a split but uh i had to winning uh, round one and two especially with uh, the defense that he was showing in rounds one and two I mean, he was sliding and dodging uh, Dawadu's punches and minimizing the damage, which to me, I, I score highly. I don't know about other people, but defensive striking to me is just as good as offensive uh, performing and in, in, in striking. So I just, uh, you know, it, it sucked, man. But he took the third round off. That shit really, really pissed me off. But I really believe that we had rounds one and two. I have no clue how. I think one of the... Uh, judges gave him 30 27 on uh that would do completely so i don't know what kind of drugs that guy's doing but uh, you can send him over to cali and we'll have fun but that dude that judge was literally on one uh sorry for the loss but uh we were on the right side of that i i believe the defensive striking was there the striking was there everything looked good but except for round three 
Now, Mikey Gills, I know you were obviously didn't have a bet on it, but I know at least when we were talking uh, before, you were a little bit more forgiving on the decision. Give me your points. Obviously, I know I'm a little bit jaded on this one. So by all means, counterpoint. Well, I mean, (laughs) the counterpoint would be where you guys said having money on it makes you see it a certain way. I'm kind of Mm -hmm. the opposite. If I have, I did have money on it. I had him in our DraftKings lineup. So I'm looking at it. I wanted to see more. And when the first round was over, I remember looking over at the people I watched it with saying like, man, like, I don't, I don't think he's looking that good right now. And mm-hmm. I, I gave the first round to Dowadu. So I actually agree with the decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as like, it's like what real Mike just said a minute ago, took the third round off. You never want to end a fight like that. So any, I, I don't really have too much of a problem with the decision other mm-hmm. than the fact that it took some money out of our pockets. But I, was, I was a little frustrated, um, not necessarily with the decision. I mean, I was, but more, I thought he was going to use the striking uh, to help set up more of his ground game, mm-hmm. especially like once he would back him up towards the fence. And it never really materialized. He tried like once for a half-hearted takedown and then never pursued it. And he just felt like he was doing well enough on the feet that he stayed there, which I'm still a little surprised about. But um, I mean, so yeah, sorry. Lost. We don't always win, but we win more often than we lose. So there you go. <laughs> uh, now, before I jump to the co-main and main event, I know we didn't talk about this beforehand, but is there any other fight that you guys have a burning itch to talk about? Otherwise, we could hit those two before we move on. Real Mike, anything? Uh, you know, I, right off the top of my head, I, I can't remember what the dude's name was, but the dude that uh, knocked Shane Young to hell, um, that 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 dude was oh, unreal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it was Klein. Uh, Klein, you know, that performance was un-fucking-real, man. I mean, Mikey and I were both high on Klein, but, uh, dude, Shane Young was no joke, dude, and he sent that guy to hell. Yeah, uh, the only thing for me would be uh, Brandon Royville getting after uh, Kai Kaikara France, like the way he did, uh, came out there. His, his stri- The reason that I picked against him overall was I, his striking defense. He left himself too open, and he got cracked early in that fight. But then, I mean, uh, uh, one of the other reasons that we ended up putting him in the DraftKings lineup is because he has that crazy unorthodox striking, and he lands that elbow over the top, and that changed the entire fight. Uh, but Brandon Royville, after that initial barrage, when he got hit a couple of times, couldn't have impressed me more. So, yeah, let's yeah, go. Yeah, definitely right about that. I mean, last week on the podcast, if you listened at all, I told you uh, Royville's submission game was no joke and nothing to F with, and uh, told you go sprinkle that submission prop. And if you did, I'm sure you cast uh, something pretty with him. Yeah, that's the hard part. Sometimes you want these little bit better odds on props, and we only give out props when we are like, I think we've given three props on the history of the show, and we're two and one. So um, don't give them out very often. So when we do give them out, listen, even if it's an inkling, because we're, we're usually pretty uh, dead on with those. We should have a little more confidence betting the props, but they, they burn you enough times. Like your guy wins, but doesn't get the prop, kind of avoids that. But okay, in the co main event, a lot of shocks happened, and yes, I know you all got to experience and just like fully absorb my spoken word, Jennifer Lopez, but also you got to see a fantastic <laughs> knockout and a 37-year-old Polish man just like lay waste to a man in his prime. It was absolutely impressive, pretty much from the start. Uh, Jan was the one throwing. Those body kicks did damage early. The very first one like welted up Dominic Reyes' side, and he hit at least uh, two more that round. And he was just landing cleaner and more frequently and in combination um, off the break. Like he, he was landing. And I don't, it almost seems like Reyes was really reserved in the early going. I don't know if he was trying to pace himself for five or what, but like 
the damage was accumulated in that first round, which set up that second round finish. And especially in the second round finish, that body shots started drifting his hands that much lower. And then he, I don't know, he just, when Reyes came alive a little bit in the second, Blockwitz was just landing like crazy. Um, I think my biggest regret is just not betting Blockwitz here. I mean, he's, I've been on, he's my money train for the last like year and a half. And I stepped off one too early, but you know what? Janie from the block got it. So um, we'll go with Mike Gill's first last time. We'll go real Mike. Co-main event here, Jan Blockwitz, Dominic Reyes, opinions on the fight, and I guess chances Blockwitz stays champion for a while. <laughs> Wait, who is who shouldn't do? Real Mike. Yeah, man, uh, this fight, holy shit, dude! I I just was so so stoked for uh, Jana and the Block, especially because uh, Bob's been a fan of him since I've known him. Uh, I I was so. Uh, almost disappointed in the fact that I, I I might have even talked him off a couple times of Jenny on the block but uh he was such a humble uh you know he, he performed so well against Reyes uh, he kind of knew it the whole week that he was gonna just go in there and just perform the way he did and then on the other hand uh Reyes I don't know if he wasn't taking him as serious or he had a chip on his shoulder because he felt like he already deserved the championship belt because he felt like he beat John Jones I don't quite know, but it was not the time to be doubting Jenny on the block. But dude, that those I believe it was a it was a, towards the liver side, uh, the kicks that Jan was throwing uh, towards the Dominic Reyes's right side, the liver's right there. Uh, usually that's what it affects, but it, uh, you're going for. But you also hit those ribs, dude. Those ribs were damaged so badly, man. Like I, I would love to talk to Reyes and see how he was feeling the next couple of days, well, just with the, that side in general. But dude. Jan on the block, that Polish power. Uh, I couldn't be more happy to watch a, a more humble 205-pound champion than Jan Blokowicz. Uh, I hope that he's here to stay for a long time. But don't forget that uh, Tiago Santos, uh, you know, knocked out Jan on the block himself. So he's going to be coming with some vengeance once he recovers that knee, which he's been recovering for a while. So I expect uh, a war coming soon. But a great performance by Jan on the block. Yeah, just dovetailing off of that. Before the fight, I the last thing I expected going into that is that Dominic Reyes would join the Andre Arlovsky Mike Perry club of getting your beak folded sideways like Daffy Duck. I just I didn't I did not see that at all happening. Serious, but, but just uh, the the ribs like you were talking about. I, I was wondering watching the fight live. I didn't even see any like medical reports after. I was wondering if his ribs weren't broken. I mean, for that that early in the fight, that fast to welt up and to get his you know, as bad as they were, like I've had broken ribs before and you can't even move after that. I don't know if, if you guys have seen anything that I didn't, but you know, that, that was brutal. I was, so the whole fight, I was just wondering if something else was going on with that, but Hey, credit to Jan. I mean, that guy did, he went in there, did what he had to do, beat the unholy hell out of him. I didn't see it coming. Uh, Bob, congratulations. So <laughs> hey, you don't congratulate and there's just money on the line. So I wish there was oh, money enough. on the line, but, and I did uh, at the end end up picking Reyes just cause just how well he did against, I don't know, man. I need to start trusting my gut with these big underdogs because there's. Uh, this is the second time that I've talked up betting one of them. Dude, that's why when Bob says, we're betting Roxanne Matafari, I go, <laughs> sure, go ahead. We're going to do it. No yeah. fucking problem. I don't know what he sees, but we're doing it. Fucking, totally fucking got my boys back. I'm going to ride him or ride my boy. Yeah, yeah, on the other yeah. end of that, if he, if he bets Roxanne Matafari, I'm right here going, nope, I'm not. <laughs> No, uh, he's and no, hey, you, you and me both were like, uh oh, oh, hell no. KGB, KGB will wife her. We'll take her home. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. KGB's winning. 
Uh, see, it would be way better if I had the experience of having uh, the when Roxanne was the plus seven hundred in her previous fight. That I said back when there was no fights happening, and me and Real Mike were searching for content to put in shows. We were talking about fights in the future that we can't make for them to wait for them to make, and the sides bets we were excited about. And one of mine was, I can't wait till the Roxanne Modafari versus Macy Barber fight because she's plus seven hundred. I'm gonna bet that. I Seriously. talked about that for two months. I said that for and I didn't. <laughs> and she won. So, and that was even when I talked about in, ahead of time. So, I don't know. Gotta get better with my uh, ideas for these crazy dogs. But either way, we will move on to the main event, which was not as shocking, at least for anyone on this show. If you listen to the show, we kind of realized the side we were on and where we were going. There's no bet on it, but we were all very big on Adesanya here. But Mikey Gills, the performance, uh, I guess the drafting numbers and just... They just we talk about disrespect in a different way, but after this fight, there was a different kind <laughs> of disrespect. Uh, yeah, uh, enough disrespect to get Paulo Costa on his Instagram calling for a rematch, uh, just saying he was going to destroy him like within 24 hours. Don't if you get beaten in that level of in that level of dominance, and the guy dry humps you in the cage, stay off Twitter for a little while. Just let that one ride out. You let the presidential debates happen and you let the, you let something else dominate the news cycle. Do not come back on the next day and do what Paulo Costa did because you look ridiculous. More, Otherwise, Alessandro's going to come back on the next day too. Yeah, exactly. I, I, thought, I thought he'd be in the hospital for a few days before he got to speak, you know? Holy shit. <laughs> but uh, no, Israel Adesanya, man, uh, 110 points on DraftKings on an $8,500 budget. It's like we said on the show. That is a gift. It's like Moneyball, Brad Pitt. Pick it up. Throw it to first. Say thank you. That was a gift from them. Uh, this week, we have something kind of similar to it, but it, we'll, we'll get to that uh, at the end of the show. Yeah, I mean, Adesanya, I mean, what, what do you say besides what I said last week uh, on the podcast? I said Israel Adesanya is the best striker that we have in the UFC, offensively and defensively. And I also said he's got another gear that you guys haven't even seen yet. And that dude, I don't even know if we still saw all the gears, but he definitely got the like gear three in the Ferrari and showed you a little bit of what he does when he rolls that beast. But uh, he's straight disrespected and murdered Paulo Costa and showed the eraser that no one ever remembers his name because he's been erased. Absolutely. Um, I'm sorry. I'm still just it, it was an amazing finish. And he's already sadly beaten pretty much every viable contender at middleweight i mean there's still guys there like our boy jan and ken Nears coming up and if there's a guy that's made me almost as much money as blockowitz it's jared cannonier so who, who knows i mean he's got he's got the pyrite he's got the crystals he's got the focus it's like you never know like his, his crystals sleep in his give him that energy <laughs> oh we love us some jared cannonier over here you want to come you want to come on the mma for money show jared any day bro we love you i got crystals and gems and all kinds of energy we talk about so we will we will start a GoFundMe of Pyrite and send you a bushel of it if it gets you on this show. <laughs> okay, we're gonna so jump ahead. Guess not so much. Uh, so this coming weekend, where we're gonna go over UFC Fight Island Four. Yes, we are back in Abu Dhabi, and you know what that means? No last minute fight cancellations because no one of because th- one of three reasons: Abu Dhabi's taking care of all the testing, keeping everyone separate. Everyone's being real quiet. Or three, everyone's being real quiet. Um, the first fight where we might have some debate, I don't know. This is one that I delved. I 
full disclosure, delved way too deep into this fight because I thought there was something there, and I just I just can't do it given the layoff of these two guys. But uh, Jason Ayari is minus 105 against Luigi Vendramini. Pretty sure I got that one. Minus 115. Uh, Ayari is a uh, training partner of Peter Sabata. Uh, he's got a Muay Thai style, um, very punch heavy, on, actually. Um, but he's big for 155. Had some troubles there at 170 against Alexa Till. But uh, he's, a, he's a bigger guy for 155. Likes to come forward, back you into the cage. Uh, they're in the big cage again, uh, being in Abu Dhabi, so that won't be as much on his side. Luigi Vendramini looked real good against EDS, EDZ. I can't remember how I break down of him. Zaleski de Santos, um, where he had a deep, deep submission attempt on him in the latter part of the first round. But I mean, before he got utterly humiliated in the following round with a flying knee, but he looked good. Um, I was trying to find an angle on this fight, but they're both one's been off for a month under two years and one's been out for a year and like seven days. So I'm going to uh, two years and seven days. Sorry, two years on both those. Um, I'm going to stay away from from that regard. Uh, if I had to pick. I do think Luigi has a chance to snatch up a sub, given the fact how tight he was able to get something like that on Zaleski, who I'm super high on. has a great ground game when he's not doing crazy spinning stuff and destroying fools. Um, we'll go with Mikey Gills first to give us the DraftKings information. And then if you and Mike want to go at it, that's on, that's on you. I'll, I'll take a step back and let you attack each other over the very first fight of this fight card. <laughs> All right, the biggest lock on the card. No, no, it's not like that. Um, <laughs> no, start off with uh, Justin Arai, 16 and 5, three knockouts, eight subs, six foot, 73 and a half inch reach, going for $8,200 on DraftKings. He's one and two in the UFC. Uh, he's lost his last two fights, both by decision. Like you said, he's very inactive, hasn't fought since 2018, hasn't, hasn't won a fight since 2016. But before that, he hadn't lost since 2013. Uh, I'm not overly impressed with his striking too much from all the videos. I can see he kind of got uh, some suspect defense standing up, leaves his chin hanging out. Uh, when he does get people against the cage, goes for those takedowns. He's really, he does a lot of work from top position. On the other side, Luigi Benjamini. Eight and one, four knockouts, four subs, going off for $8,000 on DraftKings. Uh, lost his UFC debut uh, two years ago with that flying knee. Real aggressive fight style. Comes in there, uh, gets in close, wing in power shot. Then he jumps it. If he gets you down, he'll jump on a sub if he sees it. The one problem that I have with Luigi that I noticed, a very padded record. It's something that we're seeing a lot during this COVID era, seeing it over and over. You go through his record of all the guys that he's beaten, all eight of them. Not one of them had a winning MMA record. So that to me right there, along with the size advantage that we're going to get from Ayari, that's why I would pick Ayari to win on that. I just do not trust the guys that just can crush their whole career. Uh, so I guess real might, which. Uh... Yeah, on this one, uh, I like Luigi. I think that uh, Luigi's got better uh, striking defense. He keeps his hands up a lot better than Ayari and his chin not as wide open. Uh, I think that uh, Luigi's ground game is superior to uh, Ayari, and uh, Ayari is used to kind of being the nail when he's on top or trying to be the nail uh, on the top position. I don't think he's going to be able to do that with a guy like Luigi, uh, who scrambles so quickly. He transitions so well. Uh, I see him being able to get Ayari's back and uh, being able to land in a rear naked choke and finishing him. Yeah, and with that, one more thing. I mean, their prices are 8800 If if it is kind of a coin flip scenario, I mean, 50% chance on that. But for both of them on our card, they'll stay away. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Next up, Casey Kinney is a massive minus 310 favorite over Haile Alatang. Oh, man, I had meant up to bring up his profile because I love his nickname. He's the Mongolian Knight. Fantastic nickname. Just 
give crazy kudos on that one. Um, Casey Kinney has looked fantastic at bantamweight. His lone loss coming to Murray Davishvili, who beats most anybody, and he was he was sticking with him and uh, getting up after every takedown. I, mean, I know that's part of Murray's uh, Murab's game, and I know that's also why he's such a big DraftKings play is because he gets so many takedowns. But that's because so many guys get up after he takes them down. Um, Kenny has trouble when he doesn't have the wrestling advantage. It's kind of where he shines uh and actually if if he is willing to make a more wrestling heavy game plan here against alatang i think it's a clear decision win for him uh, alatang does have some some freaky power so that could that could play because kenny obviously can get hit so if he's smart kenny should clear the decision and with these odds i can't do much with them in terms of a bet but pick is kenny mike gills DraftKings, mongolian knight yeah no <laughs> okay. Casey Kenny, 14 and 2 and 1, two knockouts, three subs, uh, going off for $9,000 on DraftKings. Uh, he's 4 and 1 in his last five. He won his last fight, submitting Luis Smoka with a guillotine. Has a win over our boy, our new boy, Brandon Roybal, you know, after that uh, Kai Kara France win. A lot of people were down on him with the Marab thing, but let's face it, Marab's taking everybody to Suplex City. That's what he does. Um, as far as Casey style, uh, real good at scrambles, uses top game really well once he's got opponents on the ground. Uh, not too bad on the feet, but the thing about the thing about him that I like the most is gas tank. That dude's going to go for you all night. On the other side, Alatang, 14-7-1, four knockouts, three subs, going for 7,200. Uh, he's won his last four straight. He's 2-0 and in the UFC with two decision wins. He's also a decent wrestler, just not on the same level. Uh, but on the, standing up, this guy is going to throw power shots at you. He's going to try to go for the win. Uh, my, my pick here, Casey Kenny. He's the better fighter everywhere. Uh, uh, he's a great pick for DraftKings at 9,000. He's not on our lineup tonight, but if you want to put him in, you could do a hell of a lot worse at the higher end. Yeah, I mean, on this fight, I'm a big fan of Casey Kenny, you know, a guy that can uh, wrestle and transist with a guy like Marab Davishelli. Uh It's a type of pace that you just cannot understand unless you've been in, uh, in the jiu-jitsu gym or the wrestling room with a high-caliber wrestler or grappler. Uh, Casey Kenny's transition and scramble ability, especially now after the Marab fight, after he's learned uh, a few of the things that Marab threw at him, uh, it's second to none. Th that, this guy's going to have absolutely nothing for him on the ground. Uh, once he realizes that uh, this machine still comes after round two, round three, I just see Casey Kenny being way too much on the ground. His jiu-jitsu game is way, way, way too sick. Not to mention, he's a, also a great striker, too. So he has the ability to not only rely back on his striking, but he can go back to doing his wrestling and his jiu-jitsu. I, I think that the the new guy's just going to have trouble with a guy like Casey Kenny. Casey Kenny's going to be way too much with the gas tank, tank that lasts way too long. Uh, I say round two, round three submission by Casey Kenny. Now, full disclosure, this next fight is going to go to Real Mike first, just because I know, I mean, after I talk about it, but because uh, I know how much... Real Mike has both made money and been a fan of Loma in the past. So Loma, Luke Boonmi is minus 135 versus Jin Yu Frey plus 115. These are both, I mean, Adam Waits uh, fighting here at 115, but the UFC doesn't have uh, Adam Waits. Jin Yu Frey does great when she can outmuscle you when she's the bigger fighter, which doesn't really happen at 115. So that's an issue. Her age is an issue. The fact that she's barely won the last few fights that she has won, and if they had different judges, probably would go a different way. Loma has some fantastic Muay Thai and a fantastic clinch. And really the only reason that she, because we were actually, uh, I know we were leading her, I can't remember if we picked her or not, against Angela Hill. The reason she lost that fight is because Angela Hill is so much more 
physical and big for 115 that she was able to outmuscle her in the clinch. That's not going to happen here to someone of a comparable size. So in the clinch and with the striking is on the Loma side, this was almost a bet for me, but you can tell I'm pretty high on Loma here at the minus 135. And that's obviously a pick for me. And if we get a little bit tighter there, uh, closer to even money, it probably even would be a bet. Real Mike, Loma, Restray. Yeah, I mean, this one, like you said, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I like Loma's uh, stand-up game. I, I like the, her clinch situation and everything that she does up there. But what I, what I don't uh, trust is her ground game and the ability to get back up when she's down on the ground. Uh, so that's why I was just a little bit hesitant on a bet. And uh, if she could prove that uh, uh, takedown defense or a get-up game that was a little bit better, I would say that she would have a, a much easier uh, path to victory here. But uh Jimmy Frey is going to be a little bit longer in reach, a little bit taller. She's also, I, I just feel like if there's going to be two smaller girls in the octagon between these two, uh, I feel like Jimmy Frey is going to have a little bit more leverage of the two. Uh, but that's just my personal opinion. Uh, I, no bet here, but uh, I'd have to say a possible three round decision by, by Frey. Yeah, going off uh, Loma here, she's four and two, one knockout, three decisions. Um, going off at $8,500 on DraftKings. Like you guys said, really good Muay Thai. She's really strong on the feet, very active. And that's what I really like about her, especially from a DraftKings perspective. She's going to throw strikes to the entire fight. And at 85, I like her to win in this fight uh, against Jin Frey, who, like you guys said, she's, she's going to be the bigger girl in there. And her, her path to victory in this fight is really to just try to outmuscle her. And, you know, maybe she can do that. I don't see that happening personally. I think she's going to get tagged up a little bit on the feet for this one. Uh, maybe if she can, like, work her against the fence and get her down like that. But, again, like you guys said earlier, in the clinch, Loma is – she's no joke right there. So, for me, Loma at 8,500 is a decent play. Fry at 7,700, I just – I don't really see it, especially if it, it, because her path to victory, even if she did win, would be a low-scoring affair, I would think. So, Loma at 85, if you wanted that, not a bad play. Fry is a stay away from me. Yeah, that, that was some great uh, outlook there, too, from Mikey's DraftKings perspective, because I totally agree. I don't think Jim Euphra is going to land points on Loma. I think she's going to do a boring, boring three-round, uh, you know, hug and wrestling affair on the ground. Yeah. Next up, Jordan Williams is minus 140 versus Nasruddin Amavov, plus 120. Uh in terms of a pick, I would go on the Amavov side. I like his hands, um, but I am staying away from that because UFC debutants, I, I don't put money on. I just utterly refuse to. Uh, Jordan Williams uh, has a wrestle-heavy game. Uh, he's good at it. Um, he doesn't cut weight. Uh, this, you can remember the story about him. He is a type 1 diabetic, so he can't cut. That's type of severe amount of weight. So he's undersized for the division. Uh, so in terms, that might stifle the wrestling a little bit. And I have liked uh, Amavov's takedown defense from what I've seen. So quick pick is Amavov. I guess that's all I got on that one. Um, uh, Mikey Gills. Uh, yeah, let's start off with uh, Jordan Williams. Nine and three, seven knockouts, one submission. Six foot tall, 76 and a half inch reach. Going for $8,700 on DraftKings. He's four and one in his last five with a no contest in the middle of that. That was actually a win. It got turned over for weed. Uh, he went one and one on Dana White's contender series. Uh, one thing I like about him coming into this fight is that he fought two weeks ago. One thing I don't like about him in this fight is that he fought two weeks ago. You never really know how that's going to affect a guy. Uh, fast fighter, good hand, comes in aggressive. And I think he matches up well here. But Nasty and Imavov, uh, eight and two, three knockouts, four subs. Going for $7,500 on DraftKings, making his UFC debut. He's won five in a row, four by stoppage. 
He won his last fight against Jonathan Munir. You know, you recognize that name from the UFC. Really fast hands and a brawling style. And for me, when it comes to a dog play, when I watch Imanoff fight, if he can drag Jordan Williams just a little bit more into his world, he makes that, that dog fight. I mean, this is a guy that will come at you with his hands down and just get ready to throw hard. I actually, I like, I can't say his name, Imavov in this fight too. So I would take him at $7,500. We're going to lock him in and we're going to hope for that knockout early. Uh, so yeah, like I said, $8,500 MMOF Williams at $8,700. I think there are better plays at that price range for me. That's a stay away. Uh, so if you're listening to us, stay away from him. MMOF 7,500. Let's go. On a quick pick, uh, I'll take MMOF. Next up, Joshua Kulbau plus three fifty five. That's probably that one's for sure wrong. For instance, uh, Charles Jordan minus four forty five. I didn't even look into this one. And the main reason I didn't is because I know Charles Jordan is better just all around. And he looks like he's on the appropriate nutrition plan going into this fight. Like <laughs> they got his scheduling down right, time of day. He's primed and ready. He's on that Paul speaking. He's on that Paul I, I don't know, dude. He's like. He looks like after Paulo Costa got utterly dismantled by Israel Adesanya and he <laughs> fell down to the ground in pieces. Like, you know, when you play video games and after you beat a guy, they fall down and then they like disintegrate into like items or like food, whatever like that. <laughs> so he came around and like what became the food that landed on the ground, he ate it and then just filled himself out a little bit. So <laughs> take that as you will. Um, I do think Charles Tordain is going to get the finish here. I think this is just kind of a gimme fight for him. This should just be a kind of a keep busy fight that I believe he will get a finish in. <laughs> Oh, I need yeah. to say who's next. Go ahead, real Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, um, Charles Jordan, man, uh, he's super impressive. Uh, a guy that we don't get to see uh, enough in the octagon, but uh, man, his striking, his uh, well-rounded mixed martial arts game, uh, he's going to give us a, a highlight. Whether it's a submission or a TKO KO finish this weekend, he's one of my the highest uh, prospects that I have on the card. That uh, card that I've liked for a long time. That just like I said, just doesn't get to to fight enough to to show you. Uh, his game, but uh, Joshua Calbio, you know, d- don't get it twisted. He does have some knockout power, and he can uh, spoil the fair here in the first round. But I think that this is Charles Jordan's uh, fight to win all day. He's got everything that he needs to get this victory. Yeah, before before earlier, we uh, we were talking about guys with bad records that are coming into the UFC, or not 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 guys with bad records, but guys that beat guys with bad records. Uh, Calibu, Calalu, he's another one. Uh, the guy he beat before getting into the UFC was eight and eight. The guy before that that he beat was on a it was in the middle of a seven fight losing streak. So if that's what you're walking into the UFC and you expect me to pick you against Charles Jordan, I'm not gonna do that. I and mean, we're talking a guy with a win over Korean Superboy here, uh fought Andre Feely to a really close one. Uh so ninety three hundred dollars for Jordan. He's a lock, he's going in our lineup. Uh there's really nothing else to say for Charles Jordan, lock him in. On this week. In MMA veterans that make us sad, Carlos Condit is plus 110 versus Court McGee minus 130. This is actually a winnable fight for Carlos Condit. It absolutely is. The first time he's had one of those. And Don't you put that evil on us, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to pick him outright because I don't want to jinx it, but man, do I want a Carlos Condit win. Once he, if he, I want him to win. It'd be a good enough fight that he feels good. 
and then he retires. Because, man, I, I love me some Carlos Conant. He's one of my favorite guys back in the day. I actually picked him to beat George St. Pierre. I said he was going to put him out with a head kick. And I was like three follow-up shots away from calling that one after he fell to the ground and kind of scrambled away. And depending on the ref, I don't know, yeah, a long time ago, obviously. But yeah, Carlos Conant is not that man anymore. But you know what? Court McGee is not Court McGee anymore. Um, he doesn't throw uh, as much offense as he used to. He does come forward, but he more comes forward, doesn't strike forward, if you get what I mean. Um, he does have the wrestling edge here to a degree because Carlos kind of get, is getting easier and easier to take down, especially because he kind of concedes uh, to be on bottom to like throw elbows up and then attempt subs that never really go anywhere, but he goes for it. But I do think he throws enough uh, output and varied output to win this fight. So I'm going to pick Carlos Condit. No bet on it. But man, I want Carlos Condit to win. I want him to win so bad. Um, I don't know if he will. Damn it, I hope he does. <laughs> Mikey Gills. Carlos Condit. Court McGee. All right, so I mean, we can skip the records. Everybody knows who these guys are. Uh, start off with Court McGee, though. Uh, just right off the bat, picking, picking a guy because he used to train with Chuck Liddell in 2020. Whew. So, already Dude, John Ackleman. John yeah. Ackleman. I'm just saying that back in the day, if this was 2006, I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. Just not so much right now. But uh, Court McGee is one and four in his last five, lost two in a row. Um, we're talking about a guy who hasn't won consecutive fights since 2013. The only real thing that I can think Carl, uh, Court McGee has got for him going or got going for him in this fight is that he's never been finished. Uh, and Carlos Condit, a guy who, when he wins, it's usually by finishing people. Um, so uh, going back to Carla, uh, Carlos Condit, oh boy, we're in the we're in the sad times. This is like when the nothing is approaching and the never-ending story. Just you can see it, you know, our tax is trapped in the swamp. But anyway, he's in the sad part of his career. Lost five straight, eight out of his last ten. Uh, he hasn't won consecutive fights since 2012. Uh, and just the one real problem for Carlos Condit right now is just his style of fighting does not age well. So when it comes down to picking this fight and who's going to win. It's almost heart versus head. Like, my head is telling me, hey, Court McGee, he has a style that ages better. He can put him against the fence, kind of drag some points at him. Then the other side of me is going like, what are you, nuts? Like, yeah, they're both washed up. But if they're both in their primes, uh, Carlos Condit, he wipes the mat with this guy. So for my pick right now, Carlos Condit at $7,900 on DraftKings. I have to believe that there's a little bit of magic left with this guy. I have to believe that he can beat Court McGee. And for that reason, and just because of budgetary reasons, I'm putting Carlos Condit in our lineup tonight. $7,900 and a, a true finisher. If he's on his game, this guy can pay off big for you. Court McGee, another guy like we talked about earlier with Fry at $8,300. I just don't believe he's going to be active enough to win a fight against Carlos Condit. I think if he wins, it's going to be more of a holding him down type scenario or up against the cage. So Carlos Condit, $7,900. Court McGee, stay away. Oh, my God. Carlos Condit, man. I I just I fucking love I love that fighter man I just uh, I I've let the heart my heart get to me too many times I let my brain get to me too many times. Carlos Condit has the worst takedown defense that I've ever fucking seen ever fucking ever dude I fucking not even joking then high school wrestling just junior wrestling anything dude it's the fucking worst takedown defense I've ever fucking seen ever. The only way that he has a path to victory is a finish. Carlos Condit hasn't finished anything but a batch of cookies in the oven fucking last week. That's the only thing he's done is baking fucking cookies. And that's because 
the Chips Ahoy cookies come so easily bakeable. is isn't because he knows how to make them. It's just because they came bakeable. But Court McGee, Court McGee's never been finished. He's not going to be finished. Carlos Condit's not doing shit. Not a goddamn thing besides eating takedowns all three rounds. He's going to be on his ass more times than you could fucking ever fucking scream. You're going to be pissed off just like I've been pissed off wondering why the fuck this guy hasn't learned takedown defense or a get-up game or something fucking professional in all the fucking years that he's been doing this shit. It's the worst fucking takedown defense you've ever fucking seen in your whole fucking life. It's so fucking disgusting. I cannot even get into it on how fucking disgusting Carlos Conner takedown defense is, but he's going to fucking eat take. He's going to get taken down all fucking day by court mcgee he's gonna lose a decision it's gonna be the boringest fucking thing you've ever seen in your life carlos condit sucks mike your skin tone changed there you went at least three shades redder (laughs) no that's because we bet carlos con we bet carlos condit versus someone fucking last time or something and he fucking didn't do shit besides get taken down eat takedowns all i do is like oh what's this oh grab my leg oh take me down yeah that's nice oh single leg turn to dump oh what's that oh no nice let's take me down oh yeah i didn't learn shit professional fucking athlete hasn't learned shit crazy that is the passion i love seeing on this show i love that <laughs> and that was this week on mma vets make us sad <laughs> that was sponsored by 805 brewery all right, all right no no uh, <laughs> if it helps the, the the fight that made us sad was we i think it was i believe it was the neil magny fight that one made it sad that was the one we yeah met. that's and exactly that's exactly what i'm talking about maybe he took him down and it was neil magny court mcgee wrestling is almost the equivalent of each other so it's just take down city coming i can't i can't believe that tonight don't do this to me i'm well, putting that evil on you ricky Bobby. <laughs> uh next up we have kyler bobice phillips minus 450 trust me that reference is spot on if you have to use google versus cameron else or elsie plus 360 uh Cameron fancies himself a I'm gonna dive at your foot in the first minute. If I don't get it, life gets hard. And he's doing it to a lot of scrubs for the most part. He has some names on there, but that was super early in their career. Um, Phillips is gonna hurt him <laughs> once he doesn't get that fluke, ankle lock, heel hook, toe hold, you name it. Probably two minutes into the first round, Phillips can start unloading. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Elsie else makes it through two rounds. So I think bring it a bow bice finish. <laughs> Real Mike, how are you feeling about Phillips versus Else? Elsie. I still don't know how to pronounce it. Oh, I'm a big fan of Kyler Phillips. Uh, I, I'm a, uh, his uh, jujitsu game, his scrambling ability, uh, his, his striking. I, I think he's got way too much for Else. I don't even know how they've given him such a gift of an easy fight. I think Kyler Phillips is a, a parlay piece that you'd pair along with Casey Kenny and uh, possibly uh, drain Durand and me down the road because uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. But I think that uh, Kyler Phillips has everything and more for Cameron Else, and uh, Cameron Else is going to learn levels to this game on uh, Saturday. Uh, I'm going to start off with Cameron Else right here. He's 10-4, uh, and four, going off for $7,000 on DraftKings. Uh, let's get into this 10-4 and four record. You guys know how I like to do this. We're going to go since 2017 on this guy's record. His opponent's record's from that point. 0-0, 1-1. and his last fight before getting his shot was 3-14. and I'm not making any of that up. Those are records. It's so so disgusting. It's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, 
he, you watch him fight his style. He, you know, you said he's going to dive at your ankles, uh, trying to get you down. Standing up, he's going to throw big, wide, looping hooks. I just got no, I got no time for this guy. Kyler Phillips on the other side, seven and one, four knockouts, one sub, going off for ninety two hundred dollars on DraftKings. He's won two in a row. He's one to zero in the UFC. Uh, this guy, he's going to come out there throwing heat. This is a fast starter. Five first round finishes, five, and that is how you make money on DraftKings. You back guys like Kyler Phillips. Uh, I for our lineup tonight because you can only pick certain guys at the highest level. I wanted to put Kyler Phillips in our lineup, but just I could I had to structure it a certain way to get guys on the lower end that I was comfortable with. But by all means, if you find a way to lock Kyler Phillips into your lineup, ninety two hundred dollars, go for it. Don't even think twice. Cameron else at seven thousand, think twice. Think three, four, five, and six times. Do not put this guy in your lineup. He's terrible. Unless of course Kyler Phillips morphs into someone with an O and O record. He is fantastic against those guys. Kyler Phillips, let's go. Sorry, I just want to double check my pronunciation. This one's going to be rough, so I apologize. Got to breathe into this one. Okay, Daquan Townsend is plus 260 versus Dusko Todorovic, minus 333. This is, in my opinion, an absolute setup fight. They're giving Dusko someone who's going to stand and fight with him so he could put him out and get a highlight reel. Some of you may not know is Dusko has an also a fantastic finish in the first round against someone else who's making waves who's also exciting, Michelle Pereira. And before the Townsend fight, they were trying to set up the John Phillips fight for Dusko. Yes, another person that will swing wildly and likes to get knocked out. So they're giving him a higher highlight reel here. I mean, this I mean, obviously it's steep pricing, but they want to get him a finish. They want it to look good. I mean, inside the distance is only minus 140 or so, I think. Uh, for sure, that was the last line I got on that. Let me quick check that for you guys, just because I looked for a couple props in this one that I was liking, but not in this fight over this card, and just have been put off by them. Oh, never mind. I take the back. It's plus 105. I might sprinkle a little bit on that. I take all of that back. But not, not for an official bet. That's my own personal monies. But um, I do think that Dusko is going to dust Daquan Townsend, and it's going to be vicious, and it's going to be ugly, and it's going to be entertaining. Um, yeah, I'm not even turned around on myself. I don't even know who's supposed to go. Someone raised their hand. I'll go I'll whoever go. raised their hands. There you go. I'll, I'll go for this, just because um, on this show, we have a theme, and uh, we talk about disrespect a lot. And a couple of times recently, disrespect has gotten us. So I'm not, I'm not going to do that again, because I don't want another Kevin Kroom over Roosevelt Roberts. I don't want another... <sighs> I don't want another Derek Minner over TJ Laramie. I don't want to do that. So Daquan Townsend, a professional fighter. He's 21 and 11, 12 knockouts, five subs. That's not bad. That's not bad. 7,100. Um, you know, he's lost his last three in a row. Look, we all have speed bumps. All of us do in life. We all do. Um, he's a wild striker, you might say. But, but hey, there's, there's, there's positives to that. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> he tried his best. Yeah, sorry. No, he's going to lose this fight. Um, if you're not watching video, I've been cragging up this whole time. <laughs> sorry. Uh, Dusko Todorovic, 9-0, 5 knockouts, 3 subs, going off for $9,100 on DraftKings. True finisher. He's got 8 of his eight of his 9 wins are by knockout. Uh, wait, no, that's not. I, I, I'm sorry. I messed that up. You guys know what I meant by finish. Um, inactive uh, that's the only thing i really have going against him in this fight he's only fought twice in the last two years but other than that and we're talking to a guy with a much more diverse skill set than kwanson on the feet he's better striking he can throw him down he can act, out grapple him 
I just think, like you said, this is going to be a showcase fight for him. So $9,100, if you want to throw it to Dorovich in your lineup, by all means, go for it. Um, he's pretty much a lock for a win. Townsend at 71, again, I'm not going to be disrespectful. This is a guy, he could throw a huge shot and KO him. We've seen it before. We've seen, Kevin Kroom and Derek Minner, we've seen crazier things recently. But again, to Dorovich, 9,100, lock him in. Yeah, man, uh, this is going to be a, more of a gift-wrapped fight for uh, Dusko to come in here and just molly-wop uh, Deshaun. I, I don't see how he's going to have a chance at all uh, in this upper, in the bigger weight classes. The the punishment is so brutal, and it's just, you know, one punch and you're down. Uh, I believe that Dusko is going to absolutely just demolish uh, Daquan, and uh, he, he's a parlay piece with uh, Casey Kenny with Charles Jordan, you could put cash, put all those three in a parlay, put your money on it. That shit's cash. And we'll talk about it next week. In the, oh no, the one that should have been the co-main event, but isn't because it's a terrible heavyweight fight. Jermaine Derinami minus 135 is fighting Juliana Pena plus 115. Now I full disclosure, I'm a fan of GDR, but even beyond that, Juliana Pena has had one fight in about three years. Combination of horrific knee injury and having a baby. Um, and leaning a little bit too much into commentating for Combate Americas, but that, that's beside the point. Her game is takedowns from size and strength, not even as much technique and wrestling. Jermaine Derenami is probably the best pure kickboxer. Uh, at the weight class, I'm saying pure kickboxer. I know obviously there's there's other things and other people she would lose to, but whatever. Um, Darren Dami, I'm just going with GDR because I keep going too much. You you think I'm Dutch also? You think I'd be able to pronounce the last name? But I kind of flo- the first name and the last name flow a little bit too well. But that's just kind of how Dutch names are. Like my grandma's name, a given name was Hafida Chiquita Heisinga. So like the, everything kind of like flows, but um, uh, GDR is going to land and land frequently on Juliana Pena, who is going to be hesitant on her entries. She's going to get landed on and she's going to get that stiff jab in the face every time she tries to get anywhere near her and is going to put some serious power on her face. And Pena doesn't like to get hit in general. And especially now her knee is questionable and her entire fight, anything is questionable. Whereas GDR even though she also takes big gaps between fights, she is a consistent performer and always has been. She always shows up. She always fights to the best of her ability and always looks good. And yes, I'm going full bore on this one because this is my pick and bet for this fight card. She's at minus 135. That is 1.35 units to win one unit. That is my bet for the show. These guys may tear it down, but we we know how it really is. (laughs) Real Mike, GDR, Juliana Pena, Pena. Ah uh, man, uh, GDR. She's uh, one of the best strikers in the in of female. She's one of the best female strikers there is. Period in the game. Uh, her along with uh, Arena Aldana, um, Holly Holm would be another decorated uh, striker. Yeah, it's just it's just unreal. And the power that G- uh, GDR holds is, is truly devastating. Man, she's knocked out men before in sparring matches and in, in fights. So I, I really think that uh, Pena's in for a rude, rude awakening here. Once she feels GDR's power land on her face and realize that this is not a game anymore, GDR is not only the best striker, but she's also been working on her jujitsu. She's been taking it super serious last like five years. Um, she, she has a lot better ground game than most people uh, would think. 
Uh, Pena has absolutely nothing for uh, GDR. Uh, GDR's takedown defense is actually really, really good. Um, she underhooks well. She spins the her opponent well. She just she's a great, great uh, martial, mixed martial artist. The only detriment that GDR has is that she's getting older. Um, but that's not going to deter in this match. She's going to molly wop and beat the hell out of Pena. I think that if she lands correctly and enough times, I, I believe she could put Pena out and uh, end her night. So uh, that 1.35 units on GDR is an absolute gift for the best female strikers of all time. Just like I said last week, Israel Adesanya. Uh, there's levels to the striking game, and GDR is going to lay face on uh, Pena. I mean, you guys basically said it all. It's just anytime I hear Juliana Pena's name, I just – I immediately go back to Dana White losing his mind after her, uh, one of her training partners jumped on her back and caused that knee injury. Dana White lost his mind, was calling for the training partner to be arrested and all sorts of crazy stuff. So that's immediately every single time I hear her name. But uh, right, it's like you guys said, GDR is going to win this fight. She's beating anybody that's not named Amanda Nunes. Uh, she's going on for $8,600 on DraftKings. You got her for your bet. We got her in our lineup. Juliana Pena at $7,600. I, I don't see how she wins this fight. Uh, she, like she's gonna try to take her down. She's gonna try to push her against the cage. Doreen Naranabi's got three inches of height and three inches of reach on her. I, it's, I think a much stronger, better striker who's also got a wicked clinch game herself is gonna be able to keep her away. She's gonna be able to pound on her. And as far as even putting a dog in her DraftKings lineup, Juliana Pena, I just don't see her getting a finish or even scoring a lot of points. So it's GDR at eighty six hundred. She's locked in our lineup. Pena for me is a stay away. I wouldn't recommend her. It's funny how you say the first thing you think about when you hear Juliana Pena. So the first thing I think about is when Sexy Yama was fighting Amir Sadala and he took him down against the cage for long portions of the fight. This, this was when he like did like the, the platinum like silver hair. I don't know if it's a natural hair color. He just went that way. But he took down Amir Sadala. And cage side is uh, Juliana Pena. And he's spitting game while he <laughs> has Amir Sadala down like for like two to three minutes of the round as he's like pummeling Amir Sadala, just like winking at her and talking to her. And like they, they panned her in the screen. She's winking back. Obviously it doesn't have anything to do with this fight, but just, just going along with it. <laughs> the, well, I mean, the, it, it shows fight IQ. If she's not going to take up sexy Yama on that, then I have to think she's not making a lot of otherwise decisions. In her well, life. And, and exactly. So. That's a very astute observation. So yeah. go, it's, go it's, with, it's another, it's another drop in the bucket of, you know, you know, it's the scales. I don't like it. <laughs> Going with the Holland policewoman in this one. Uh, next up is the co-main. Before we started recording, I think real Mike, even before you were into the chat, I'm asking, how is this the co-main event? But every site I look at, every typology, I'll have this list as the co-main event. There, there must be some kind of mistake. I'm okay if I'm wrong with this order and it's different on fight night because this makes no sense to me. Jorgen DeCastro, minus 260, who just lost to Greg Hardy. Versus Carlos Felipe, who just lost plus two twenty, who just lost to Spivak, are in the co-main event, and here it is. I mean, I guess Castro lost better, so I'll, I'll pick Castro. But low-level heavyweights. I mean, if you just bet the dog in low-level heavyweights fights, you're going to end up ahead. So, I guess my pick is to Castro, but I, I, I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I don't care at all. Um, Mikey Gills. DeCastro versus Felipe. All right, well, I'm going to make you care just a little bit more because DeCastro is going in our DraftKings lineup, and let me explain this for you. 
He is a more expensive guy. He's 8,900. He's coming off the loss to Greg Hardy, like you said. It's not very inspiring, but I promise it'll get just slightly better. I watched these guys, both of these guys' fight tapes. DeCastro is just a more athletic version. He throws harder. He hits harder. He has a more diverse striking arsenal. Talking about he actually throws some really good kicks to the body when you watch him fight. And just anything that I saw against Felipe was just not quite as good. And you're talking about DraftKings. This is heavyweight MMA with real first-round finish potential. So when I'm looking at that, that leaned me towards Castro. Also, again, trying to be able to fit people in on the bottom end of the budget. I had to make tough decisions at the top. Uh, but going against Felipe, reasons that I wanted to go against him. I uh, was dominated against Spivak in July this year. Before that, he had a two-year USADA suspension for stenazanol, which I believe is just you know a regular old steroid. So pretty much yeah, not anything, the good stuff, the like yeah. the low bar stuff. Yeah, See, if you're not doing designer drugs, get the hell out of my DraftKings lineup. That's exactly. basically what it comes down to. But uh, no, I just think the Castro is the more athletic of the two, throws a little harder from from more angles. So for that, we're going to put him in our lineup, and I'm going to trust that he's going to get this done. Yeah, this uh, fight is really ridiculous. You have, uh, you know, Carlos Condit and Court McGee back on, was that the, was that the fucking prelims? It was, right? Yeah. It was on the prelims. I think fucking they might two, be in the prelim. Two, two veterans, one of them who was almost world champion, Carlos Condit, on the prelims. Dude, interim champ. He does have the belt. Jorgen De Castro versus a guy I've never fucking heard about. I don't care. I didn't want to care. Castro is probably going to win this fight. That's that's all you're going to get from me because this fight's stupid. <laughs> if, if just one one last thing. Felipe hasn't won an MMA fight since 2017. So if that if that helps at all, just you know, there you go. Yeah, so that game was a good year. Castro <laughs> for wine over in Cali. <laughs> uh sorry we'll, we'll yeah, move sorry. To, to an actual fight although yes i agree it is depressing that this one is also the main event it warrants a main event way more than the previous fight warrants a co-main event so holly holm a one-time champion multiple 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 time title challenger is minus 120 versus irene aldana plus 100 who if she wins this fight is pretty much signed sealed delivered for a title shot Aldana has made us a lot of money in the past. Uh, Holly Holm has made me a lot of money betting against her in the past. I think one of my biggest bets ever was Shevchenko against her, both straight and by decision. And that did well. And I think this this one kind of mirrors that one in a strange way. Um, not so much the kicking game, because I don't think Aldana has the same kicking game as Shevchenko, but uh, the ability to be able to sidestep and hit Holm with the counter uh, as she's coming in. Um and unless Holm is just going to like keep at distance with kicks, the the five round worries me a little bit because Aldana doesn't have as much experience with that, and it's a it's a big cage, so you don't have to worry about Holm pushing her up against the cage for long portions of the fight and trying to out muscle within the clinch. Although who knows? I do think Aldana has a good enough ground game that if we get wrestler Holm, Aldana should be able to handle that. So pick is Aldana uh, over the course of the five, and maybe we can get it finished because at some point. I mean, Holly Holmes pushing 40. She has a lifetime of pro boxing, pro kickboxing, MMA fights, and has been knocked out in the past with bigger gloves. So we shall see. We're going to go to Mikey Gills first to go do the DraftKings and go through picks because I know that my man, Real Mike, has a bet on this one. So we'll let him close this one out. So Mikey Gills, Holm, Albana. Yeah, just uh, starting off with Holly Holm, 13 and 5, eight knockouts, five decisions. Uh, the, the real stat that stands out here is 38, 38 years old. 
$8,400 on DraftKings. She's three and two in her last five, uh, three and five since beating Rousey. You know, she, bought, she beat Raquel Pennington earlier this year. Not the most impressive thing. We all know who Holly Holm is. Irina Dowling on the other side, like you guys said, going off at $7,800 on DraftKings. And for everything that you said and everything that Mike's about to say, we're putting uh, Irina Donna in our DraftKings lineup. She's 4-1 and one in her last five. She's won two straight. This is the story that we've seen a million times of a fighter on the rise versus a fighter on the decline. And I think at 38 years old, this is when they cross for Holly Holm. And Aldana takes that next step. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Irene Aldana. I've uh, followed her since her amateur career all the way up into the UFC. And uh, I, I just am super, super impressed with her boxing, man. Her her boxing defense, especially too as well, which doesn't really get counted in mixed martial arts, uh, it seems. But boxing defense to me is worth so much uh, because you're obviously not getting hit, not taking damage, and not giving the judges swayed by those big shots that are punishing. So Irene Aldana's uh, striking defense, her, her, her boxing, she's faster than Holly Holm. The only thing that Holly Holm has on her is, like I said, possible as, is a leg kick uh, edge on her. But uh, I, Irene Aldana has better jujitsu on the ground. She is uh, actually, I think... Um, not given enough respect on her ground game because she is such a good boxer. But I think that if Holly Holm has to uh, rely on a takedown game, that she's going to be sadly mistaken uh, with Irina Aldana uh, on her ground game and uh, how she transits so well. So I'm, we're going to be putting down uh, one unit on Irina Aldana at plus 105 for her to just school Holly Holm. She's younger, faster, stronger. She's got better defense, and she's got a left hook that I absolutely love seeing from boxers, female or male. And so we're going to be riding this Mexican train, baby. So that is the bet for the main event at the one unit to win one unit, but quick minor breakaway. You want to give credit where credit is due. And now with the NHL playoffs being done, we want to give you how well that Mr. Primetime himself and may for money, the patron saint of both this show and this podcast did he did plus 19.03 units on the nhl playoffs on a whole and i'm saying that for multiple reasons one it's just proven what we've said about his bets on primetime playoff anything and two to give you time for the sports that are still going on for him to make you money he's got proven stuff and just it's just utterly shocking how well he does, just just in general. But that's just a little bit of proof there. So by all means, go to the MMA4Money.com website. All the different packages are on there for the different sports combinations, whether it just be for uh, NFL, which is starting to heat up really good. And if you really want to get uh, in there before any of them reach the playoffs, because he truly shines in the playoffs, thus the nickname uh, Mr. Primetime. So by yeah. all means, please go do that. It is utterly phenomenal. Like in NASCAR, like you, you name it. It's just to give you an example, uh, MLB playoffs just started. He texted out a play today, and it was on the New York Yankees money line. It was at negative 115. If you go and check the New York Yankees score right now versus the Indians, they are just straight molly whopping those fools. So that's easy money. Another unit added to the MMA for money team's bankroll. The shit's just so unreal. Off the $100 better, if you don't know what the 19 units means, it means $1,900 off the $100 better every time you bet a, a MMA for money pick. So... Don't be stupid. Get yourself a NASCAR package, an NHL package when they're playoffs, MLB, NFL. When it's prime time, it's Jay Terulo time. So let's get it going. And we will give you out results as best as I can remember. But either way, he always tweets out the results. 
at the end of every night, end of every season. He's full transparent with how things go. You obviously don't get those bets on Twitter, but trust me, as someone who gets them, they are 100% factual. Uh, sometimes hard to keep up with at some point because there's just so much coming out. Um, now with that little segue, we're going to jump back over. I am going to repeat to you what our bets are for this fight card. And then I'm going to throw it to Mikey Gills to give our drafting lineup. So our bets are to win one unit on GDR at minus 135 and one unit to win one unit on Irene Aldana. Now, Mikey Gills, give us our sample. Big asterisk on all the fights, although Abu Dhabi things should work out. DraftKings lineup. Uh, yeah, I hope they don't fall. We actually, I think we've... Uh... Last card, nothing fell off. I don't think. I think we just had a fight yesterday. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, but uh, just real quick with this card, I wanted to say this is uh, this obviously star power wise is not the best card that we have, but that's why I like yeah. playing DraftKings because this forces you to be interested from top to bottom. That's one of the reasons I got into playing it. So if you if you're listening to the show for the first time and you've never tried DraftKings, this is the, really the perfect card to get you in on it, just because you can. It gives you a reason to watch the whole thing and be excited. But we're going to start off at the top of our card. Charles Dordain, $9,300. This is a no-brainer for me. Finishes every fight he wins. I like him a lot in this fight, and I'm willing to spend all the money to make sure that we get that sure thing at the top. Uh, don't give me some TJ Laramie situation on this one. You know, just going up the top with that one. But uh, next, we're going up with Jorgen DeCastro, $8,900. Now, this one's risky in the, in the sense that it's heavyweight MMA, but the reward is a guy that knocks out almost everyone he beats. And when you compare the styles of these two, this is a guy who he's got – just the bigger arsenal and the better chance at landing those kill shots that you need. He's a few hundred dollars cheaper than uh, some of the other sure things at the top, but that really doesn't help us. That, that helps us a lot, especially affording somebody like our next option. Show pick, GDR, Jermaine Durandamy, $8,600. World-class kickboxer is going to win this fight as long as she can just stop those takedowns. But like what Real Mike said, even if she does, she's got the jiu-jitsu to get her way out of it. $8,600, she's a lock for me. Next up, this is the heart pick, Carlos Condit, $7,900. I just have to ask myself the simple question again. If two washed-up fighters go at it, who would have won it in their primes? And I think Carlos Condit would have murdered Court McGee 10 years ago. I understand Condit's nowhere close to what he used to be, but I think he has a chance for like to have one of those feel-good, turn-back-the-clock nights. So let's go, Carlos Condit. Next up, $7,800, Irene Aldana. I'm going all in with you guys on this one. Home is 38 years old. She's ripe for the picking, and Aldana is on the come-up. She's on the rise. I think this price is a gift, just like... Uh, Israel Adesanya at $8,500 last week. I think Aldana gets this done and she scores big in the process. Last up for $7,500, our, our cheapest dog on this one, but one I actually like for the win, Nasruddin Imovov, $7,500. Out of all the lower price fighters, I think if these two start brawling in the cage, Imovov's got that style, he's got that chance, and he's got that power to land on Jordan Williams, blast his face off into another dimension. And I think at this price tag, $7,500, I'm ready to roll with him. Let's go. Uh, one last thing, this, uh, this slate maxes out the budget. I know on some of the other ones, there's been some wiggle room. You'd have, you know, three to $500. If you, if you like someone else, just a little bit more, not the case with this one. We're locked in for all 50 grand on this slate. There's no wiggle room. Well, as you've said about Carlos Condit, he may not be as good as he once was, but as good as once as he ever was. And if anyone could, uh, text me or tweet me the actual name of the song that I just quoted, we will give you a shout out. Is that a, <laughs> I didn't know that was a song. I just I heard the Undertaker say that on his documentary, and I thought he came up with it. You're no, it's a song. Right now. It's a it's a it's a country song. It's I would need to look up the exact name of it too. But in, in it, he says, uh, "I'm not as good. I'm 
now I'm replaying it in my head, but it is a quote from a country song. Trust me, I work out in the country. I work with all country people. I've heard the song a million times. Couldn't tell you what you it just, is right now, but I'll, I'll look it up. You just um, broke my heart. I quit. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm good once as I ever was. It's one of the random famous dude country artists. I'll, I'll have it out by the time someone texts it or tweets it over to me. Either way, <laughs> uh, any final sign-off things before we bid adieu for the night? We will start with Real Mike. Mike got any adieus, shout-outs, anything of that nature? Uh, we just appreciate you guys each and every week uh, tuning in the show, like, subscribing, uh, sharing with your friends. Uh, we're nothing without you guys, and uh, we love to just come on the air and just give you guys some free picks so you guys can have some good bets uh, on the weekend. So let's roll. Uh, just one last thing. Just wanted to uh, uh, touch back on our DraftKings lineup from last week. It was the biggest card we've had since I've been a part of the show. Let's just keep it going. Let's get all, let's get all six of these. Let's go. My mini shout-out is... Big shout out to my grandma who's gonna be 92 tomorrow. Still kicking it, still living alone, still driving, still nothing's gonna stop that old Dutch woman. So from one Dutch woman to another, go GDR. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will be back next week to preview UFC Fight Island 5, still in Abu Dhabi. Marais versus Sanhagen. That's an amazing, amazing 135 fight, way better than this one thirty. Either, either way. Good fight. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to us on your platform of choice Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, RSS Feed. Remember to subscribe on YouTube. You may be live watching live on YouTube now. Please subscribe. Anything you missed, you can watch later. Or if you want to watch the show, if you're listening on podcasts right now, on any of your podcasts of choice, but you want, you want to see what we look like, we're three relatively handsome guys. We're above average. So if you want to see this, See my crazy hand gestures. See how animated Mike got when he was screaming about Carlos Condit. Do you want to see the hat of choice for the night? Not me usually, but we usually have hats of choice on the other side. You kind of check out the YouTube. Comment, share, spread the word. Please do those Apple Podcast ratings. They do an absolute ton. And yes, like we said, DMs are always open on any side. Any questions about any fights, we're always up to debate, talk, you name it. And editing the show. What you like, what you don't like, let us know. And with that... Let's roll.